Be sure to check us out on Patreon. There you will find our community with several different tiers of learning. Our Patreon community is all about immersing yourself in the streams, teachings, and the Taya practice with lots of Taya tools and Taya teachings via weekly live video and exclusive coaching sessions at patreon.com. But just the, the trigger itself, the moment you feel fear, you can create a stopgap and ask yourself, is this worth me going down my spiral over? Is this fear real or am I just creating it in my mind? What am I really afraid of? Welcome to the Stream of David podcast. I am David Strickle, your host. Uh, in this episode, we're going to uh, dive into detuning your addiction to fear. And the reason that I'm assuming by saying your addiction to fear that you have one is because I believe we all have uh, some form of addiction to fear. I do believe that we operate, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I talk about the matrix a lot. Uh, I do believe that we're all living in this human created collective consciousness matrix that tends to run heavily on fear and judgment, not completely, but fear and judgment are, are very prevalent tools within the matrix and that we all have some natural fear. Uh, the stream has taught us that our, our fear mechanism, that fear component of our ego is something that we developed simply to get out of harm's way. If you think about the majority of the time that, that we're aware of that humanity has, has been on planet Earth, our fear mechanism was really related to our positioning in the food chain, that something was going to kill us, perhaps kill us and eat us, and we needed to get out of harm's way, and that fear sort of sent us into fight or flight. So it makes sense that we have a fear component in our ego, don't touch the hot burner. Don't step out into the, the, the bus you know, speeding down the street. There's certain things that fear kicks in and keeps us from doing it, protects us. And we know that our ego believes that it's always protecting us in one way or another, even if that protection is in limitation. And the fear has been exploited. That this matrix that humanity has created that gives us this template from which we operate our lives or, or choose to operate our lives Fear is a big component of that. Do this or you're going to suffer in this way. So we know that, that fear is a big thing. We, we know that fear is ruling many lives. And depending on where we are in the detuning process, because in the Taya practice, which is what we teach, the practice of detuning fear is a daily occurrence. We, we are working on detuning fear and judgment, detuning those elements of our ego really working our way out of the matrix every day that we practice. That's what the four pillars of Taya really do for us. But the concept of addiction to fear, do you accept that you have somewhat of an addiction to fear? I think we all do. Regardless of where we are in that detuning journey, we still have some of that vibrational dust remaining. We still have a little fear that creeps in every now and again. And of course, if you've been listening to us, you know that we talk a lot about vibrational flow, that we, that we are operating our lives and certainly creating our reality via our consciousness. But that point of attraction, that point of creation is impacted by vibrational flow. So there are times that we are more able to think with confidence, to create 
more of the things that we want because we're able to believe in them. And we're not so focused on things that we're fearful about. That's what we label as our high vibrational flow. But with this ebb and flow of energy in the energetic realm that creates the entire universe, our focus is shifted from that high vibration of belief and trust and confidence to something less than that, all the way down to doubt and fear and envy and rage and, and all of these other things. And when we go down into those lower emotions, that fear, that vibrational dust of old fears tends to, to come back around. And yes, we can detune that. We can detune it significantly. I do not believe that detuning is ever finished, but we can significantly reduce our fear and how we react to vibrational flow. We can definitely change that experience in changing our beliefs. That's why I created the Taya belief system. And on that note, I, I do want to invite you to listen to our companion podcast called the Taya Practice. Uh, you will find that this podcast is more, more moving back to our original intention of me sharing the stream's teachings, mostly solo, every once in a while with guests. Uh, but mostly this podcast is going to be solo. And my intention here is to share the stream's wisdom with all of you and share that wisdom focused on current events and things that directly impact your lives. So practical spirituality. There are plenty of podcasts where folks are sitting around and talking about, uh, you know, aliens and, and more advanced beings. Uh, I'm even hearing of people that believe that there are beings inhabiting the center of the earth, um, you know, past lives. There is a huge tent of spirituality out there. And I think everybody's on their own journey, so there's nothing wrong with any of it. But our brand, if you will, is about creating tools where we detune the matrix and allow that brilliant creative power that I refer to as source, you can call it whatever you want, but to step forward as our, as our chief driver of our system here on earth for us and, and for all of humanity who chooses it. Now, I'm not trying to change all of humanity. I don't believe all of humanity is on the path to, to be in alignment with what we're teaching here, nor should they be. Because the, the day that we all align and have one singular thought across all of humanity will be the last day of humanity, in my belief. I believe that the tapestry of beliefs that are out there, even those that you vehemently disagree with, and we all have those, those all serve the purpose. Those serve a purpose of creation. All these different belief systems that are plugged into the matrix, and we know we're plugged into the matrix when we're fearful, fearful or judgmental, when we're polarized, when our ego is needed to be right, we're tapped into the matrix and we're all a product of that. But in this practice, we're detuning it. So I've created the companion podcast to go deep into the Taya teachings. I'll have other Taya practitioners on uh, with me as guests very often. And uh, that's all about the Taya practice itself, which is the practical application of the stream's teachings. Here, I'm still sharing the stream. So we will employ the Taya practice certainly in conversation, but I want to dig into how the teachings can bring clarity and how the practice can help you solve your life's problems, your challenges that you're facing. So if you have problems, if you have challenges or questions for the stream, email those to us at david at thestreamofdavid.com. We love to take your questions. And I do have a question. It's not directly related to fear, 
But I have a question this week from a longtime listener, I think back from as early as uh, 2017, 18, when we first started, Maitland has been a, a listener to our show. And he sent me an email, and I'm, I'm sort of um, paraphrasing the question that he asked. I thought it was a fantastic question. So I'm going to read that to you now and, and share that with you. Uh, from longtime listener Maitland, can trust ultimately trump every limitation such as a person manifesting the ability to sing or solve complex math problems, for instance, uh, with a lower IQ. So yes, we talk about anything being possible and Maitland is stating in his email that he believes that in terms of physical manifestation, yes, anything is possible, but in terms of changing your abilities so that you can have a more satisfying life experience, is it possible to manifest those changes in abilities? Can somebody who cannot sing at all suddenly get on stage in front of America's Got Talent or The X Factor or some show like that and suddenly channel and manifest the ability to sing? Because we see lots of examples of people trying out for these shows where they don't do that. They, they get up there maybe believing that they're good singers and they find out they're not and their dreams are, are crushed and very often never realized. So the answer to that from the stream is that certainly anything is possible, but many things are not probable. And this is because we would have to maintain our belief in them through various stages of vibrational flow. So we're talking on here always about how we move through vibrational flow. One day we're up, throughout the day we might dip down a little bit when our physical vehicles are tired or we're challenged in some way. We may have a trigger that takes our vibration down. The next day we may go even lower for no particular reason. And then for also for no particular reason, we will move back up vibrationally. That's vibrational flow. And we all know that we're operating in that because we know we have this range of, of emotions and, and this difference of opinion of things that flows from day to day to day. And really, since we are consciously creating our reality, if we never had a shift in vibration, we would be creating in one vibration and one vibration only all the time. We would be static and it wouldn't be very interesting. And it wouldn't be very expansive because we would never be challenged by anything. And if you think about it, you know that we create so many things based on our, our perceived challenges. There's so much new creation driven by challenges, by things that we think are wrong that should be fixed, things that we believe we could do better. We're expansive beings by nature, so we're always looking to expand in some way. So the stream goes on to say that vibrational flow ensures a steady rhythm of creation that is not too disruptive. If miracles occurred every day, we would shift into a reality where that miracle was just the everyday way of being. There would be nothing special about it. And again, it would just go back to being our new average reality. So if we think about what vibrational flow does for creation is it's sending our vibration up and down the vibrational spiral guaranteed no matter what. And it's causing us to manifest this mix of wanted and unwanted things. So yes, anything is possible. We could jump off a cliff and literally sprout wings and fly. I believe anything is possible that way, but I don't believe that that's probable because you would have to hold on to your belief of sprouting those wings while you're on your, your way to, to certain death. Can you do that? Are you willing to experiment with that? 
we do hear of miracles happening. We hear of, of mothers lifting cars off of children to save them. We hear of all kinds of things that are miraculous. And in those moments of, of high belief and high desire, I do believe anything is possible. But the probability factor comes in with vibrational flow. And the perfection of vibrational flow is that the things that we deem very important creation. I'm not talking about going to the supermarket and seeking to manifest a lovely interaction with other people throughout your, your visit. That's easy. We, we all can do that, right? We can all set an intention for a fantastic uh, outing and for a little while on that outing, maintain that intention and have that manifest as reality. And you take that and think, well, gosh, if I can do this, I can manifest anything. And that's true. But then you think, well, gosh, then I want to take the same principle of setting an intention and watching it unfold before my eyes. And I want to manifest a billion dollars or the ability to sing like, like Whitney Houston or, or something like that, something huge. And because we've made it huge in our mind, because we are believing that it's something huge, it would be huge if I could suddenly have an amazing singing voice. It would be huge if I suddenly had a billion dollars at my fingertips to do with whatever I wanted. Because of the bigness of it, we think about it more intensely and more often, and therefore we slow down that manifestation. And when we slow down that manifestation, we're going to be revisiting it through different points of attraction through vibrational flow. So we're going to think about that, that new thing when we're up. We're going to think about it when we're a little lower. We're going to think about it when we're down. And our opinion of our desires tends to shift depending where we are on the vibrational scale. When we're at the top of the vibrational spiral, anything, anything is possible. And we know that up there, but we don't stay up there. We'll, we'll hatch some new desire at the top of our, our spiral, and then we'll revisit the thought a day or two later, and it doesn't seem as likely. We're not as excited about it anymore. Gosh, when we first thought this new thing, we were so excited. It was going to be our new reality. We knew we could do it. There was nothing that was going to stop us. And now we revisit it, and it seems a little ridiculous. What was I thinking? I can't do that. How's that going to work? Well, what you're doing is you're revisiting in a different vibration. Well, the universe has this amazing amazing process of creation. We call it the universal process of creation. And it ensures that you are going to revisit these topics that you think are big over a longer period of linear time through different points of attraction, depending on where you are on the spiral, which is going to ultimately allow you to create a more perfect version of it if you're ready for it. If you're truly ready for it, you're going to move closer and closer and closer into trust and belief, thus allowing it to, to come to be. But you're going to, to see the flaws show up when you're in those lower vibrational states so that you can create a better version of your big creation. Because that big creation is going to be disruptive to your reality. So vibrational flow is the thing that keeps us in a steady stream of creation so that we are perceiving ourselves as the same being from day to day to day and our lives living in the same home, uh, producing our commerce in the same way, having the same relationships on a steady stream, not static forever. Certainly those things evolve over time and change and shift and, and things come and go. But the vibrational flow, though, is creating some continuity for us in this experience. 
And that, that tool also ensures that the things that we're creating, we're really up to speed with, we're really ready for them. We've thought of every possible angle of how this thing may disrupt our lives. Uh, and do we really want that? So when you're thinking about manifesting your billion dollars or your magnificent singing ability, you are going to have some time to work on that creation because of universal law, because of the universal process of creation. So anything is possible, but most things are not probable because the probability comes in with your ability to maintain unwavering trust throughout different periods of vibrational flow. The little stuff is easy because you make it little. Easy, easy, easy. But in our world, money is big. Abilities are big. Relationships are big. Uh, Moving uh, to geographic locations, that's big stuff in our opinion. And because we hold this collective opinion, we make these things big. We take longer to, to manifest in those areas. But that's not a bad thing because vibrational flow is ensuring that we're ready for it, that we're up to speed with it. Because if you manifested a billion dollars overnight and you were not accustomed to being wealthy, that would just create a whole new set of problems for you. We hear about this with uh, people that win the lottery. They are in alignment with winning the lottery, just fine, no problem. But they're not in alignment with being wealthy. So they manifest the win, but then the, the wealth part of it can wreak havoc upon their lives. So I thought that was a great question. I hope that brought some clarity to that, that topic. Yes, you, you can manifest anything, but are you ready for it? And are you able to trust it. And that's why we call Taya, Taya, for trust your abundance. Are you able to bring yourself to trust? I came to understand years ago that trust was the biggest thing for all of us because the law of attraction is like gravity. It's just happening all the time. That's why you don't hear me mention those words much. It's just happening. It's a component of the universal process of creation. But what many law of attraction teachers are either not aware of or they're simply leaving out of what they're teaching is the fact that our point of attraction is heavily impacted by polarity, which creates vibrational flow. So we're not just thinking, you know, new creation, boom, there it is. New creation, boom, there it is. New creation, boom, there it is. Yes, that's possible, but it's not probable because we're not holding ourselves in that belief and we're making things big and important because innately we know that, gosh, if I manifest that big quantum leap and I can, what else is it going to do? Is it going to deliver the expansion that I'm really looking for? Very often there's more expansion offered in a slower process of creation where we work on that iteration of what our desire is and and tailor it and craft it to a more perfect version of that. So I hope that answers the question. Uh, if you have your questions, remember, uh, email us at david at streamadavid.com. Uh, if they're very helpful for all of the listeners, I will read them uh, right here on the podcast and, and answer them for you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to dive into our original topic here today, which is detuning your addiction to fear. We'll be right back. I created Taya Bootcamp back in late 2017, launched it in March of 2018. It's all about detuning your ego, detuning fear and judgment in your life, systematically raising your vibration to allow more of your natural source being to step forward and cementing these beliefs as your new operating system, your new way of life. We now have hundreds of graduates all over the world. We have 58 now uh, positive uh, Patreon reviews, all five stars. 
We have tons, years worth of testimonial videos on YouTube. You can go and check us out, look at our testimonial videos, interact with our community, and realize what a transformative experience Taya Bootcamp is. Click the link in our bio to book your discovery meeting to learn more about your alignment with Taya Bootcamp and that bootcamp experience. Welcome back. So let's get into it. Detuning your addiction to fear. I know you've got one. I know you've got some level of addiction to fear because we all do. We were all born into this, this matrix via our, our physical vehicle. We were born into a matrix, a, a collective belief system that tends to run very heavily on fear and judgment. I want to start out by stating that the matrix is not all bad. On all topics, we, we can find contrast on all topics. We're going to find positive aspects and negative aspects about everything in this polarized environment that we're in. So the matrix has positive aspects. It created structure. It created a, a template for us to live our lives that create, that allowed us to create all of the advancements, all of the technology that we are enjoying today are a product of the matrix. And the reason that I don't go into trance channeling anymore, and I, I've shared this with you already if you've been listening, because I used to do that all the time on this program, is because really the, the stream is pure source. That was always my intention with channeling the stream, was to channel for you the purest form of source that I can get to, to move through my, my human filter. All channels, all people are channels, and all channels are filters of source. So when you listen to other people channeling and you're hearing anything other than pure appreciation of all that is, then you're hearing something other than source. You're hearing a little bit of, of ego included. I am certain that I, my ego was inserted into some of the streams teachings. I, I can't recall a specific incident, but I'm certain it was, it was filtered through me. It was always filtered through me. and. The guidance from the stream, as I recall it, is always very general, very much into appreciation of all that is, is the key to everything. Um, the creation of the Taya practice was absolutely my human ego solving the problem for humanity. I know that sounds very egotistical, but solving the problem for humanity of how we align with source in the purest way possible. So that was always my intention with channeling the stream was to get my ego out of it as much as possible. I cannot say that it was out hundred percent, but getting my ego out of the way as much as possible and allowing source to flow. And it did. And I knew when I was channeling, I knew I, I taught myself to go into this, this, um, trance-like state. I didn't even know what trance channeling was before I was doing it. And somebody says, oh, you're a trance channel. I had to Google that. Well, let me look what that is. I thought they said trans at first. I'm like, trans? No, that's not, that's something different. <laughs> no, trance channel, uh, going into a trance to, to channel something. And I have explored channeling all sorts of things and tapping into guides and ascended masters. And I've never been uh, a huge believer in angels. Although I will tell you, I've, I've just, because it was so attached to religion, that was sort of a turnoff for me. But I will tell you that I have, I have felt throughout my lifetime that I was very protected and looked after and that I had a guardian looking over me. 
And it would be very easy to say, oh yeah, that was an angel or a specific angel because we've created all of these human-like personas of angelic beings. But then I came to realize all of that is source. And if you believe in angels and it, it serves you, there's nothing wrong with that because all of these things are our creation of consciousness. So regardless of what your belief system is, it's not wrong because we're all creating this reality. I share my belief system very openly. I created Taya for me, but I've stripped it away of as much of my ego as I possibly can so that it does function for all of you if you choose to follow it. So that feeling of, of creation, that feeling of love, that feeling of being protected, that feeling of goodness, of wholesomeness, all, all of the things that, that most of us consider positive, all of that is just source. So when I talk about channeling source, that's what my intention is in channeling. But I came to understand after a period of time that I really didn't need to trance channel anymore because I've done so much work detuning my ego that the source perspective is very present in me. Just like when Adele sings, she doesn't have to go into trance to sing. And she fully admits that that, that that ability to sing is coming from something beyond her. She's channeling it. She says so. And I realized that, gosh, I don't have to go into trance. And there was a little, little sliver of time, though, when I started questioning that. And the way that I answer questions and solve problems for myself, and this goes back to our, our topic, yeah, I ask myself, if I remove fear slash judgment, which is rooted in fear, if I remove fear from this topic, how do I feel about it? What's my opinion? That's what I call clarity. I love clarity. I love the clarity of source. And that's a great tool. We call those stop gaps uh, in, in, in Taya. When we find ourselves responding habitually, like an addict, to something and we create a mental stopgap that keeps us to going back into that addicted thought process. That's a great stopgap. Is is um, you know how do I how do I feel about this if I remove fear? So whenever I'm not sure of a, of a decision, you know, should I stop trans channeling? Should I keep doing it? I know people love it, but if I remove fear from that question, if there's no fear. I know that the trance channeling really is just providing a form of entertainment at this point because we know what the source perspective is. The source perspective is appreciation of all things, period. So source is never going to have specific guidance to an A or B outcome or our decision for us. So source isn't saying we guide you to go do this next, ever, 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 ever. And I hear people talk about their guides and I understand the comfort that comes in believing that you're being divinely guided to something. But really, if source isn't judging, <clears throat> then source is not going to have an A or B choice for you. So you have to remove fear and make that choice for yourself. You don't have to, but it's helpful to do that. So you create the stopgap, you remove the fear, and then what is it you want to do? Well, well source didn't say don't trans-channel anymore. Source said if you remove fear, you'll get your clarity and you'll be able to make your own decision. Your ego at its best and its original design is a discerner of preference in a physical environment. So our ego exists to guide us to a choice because we make choices 
from conception on, we're part of the, of the equation here. No matter what is occurring in our reality, our egocentric or ego-driven choice is playing a role in the experience. Because source is just appreciation of all that is. And it is protective. It is abundant. It is love. It does feel good. But since it's not judgmental, it does not have an opinion of which you should choose. Remove fear, gain your clarity, and make your choice yourself. It's, it's a co-creative experience. Your ego functioning in harmony with source. And when we're up our spiral, operating in high vibration, that's how we're operating. Our ego is operating in harmony with source. It's not fearing. It's not judging. It's not saying that we shouldn't be experiencing something or that someone else shouldn't be experiencing something. It's an appreciation of all that is and discerning a preference from that high perspective. So to gain clarity, remove fear. And what do you want to do? Well, if I remove fear, there's no reason to trans-channel because the only reason I would be trans-channeling now is to provide entertainment for all of you. And my intention, you probably have figured this out if you've been listening to me for any time at all, is not to be entertaining. If we are entertaining sometimes, if we're having fun or, or whatever, that's great. I like to have fun. I like to be funny. I love uh, when I'm live with Debbie. If you watch uh, any of our lives on social media, Claim Your Power Hour, we always have fun. It's fun to have fun. I get it. It's great. But my intention with all of this is not to entertain you. I think there's people that do that far better than I do. Uh, you can listen to singing and watch acting and, and listen to jokes and do all of those things and be entertained. I want to help you, if you are aligned with these teachings, I want to help you discover your own source being and allow that to be more and more of, of the driver of your experience. That's my intention. It always has been. That was my intention before I did the very first podcast, before I wrote the first book. It's always been that. I have figured out how to guide myself back inward. I, I pretty much didn't have to figure it out. I always knew it. I didn't unlearn that in the matrix. That's the difference. Most of you, most of humanity learns to shut down their inner source voice in favor of what they're being told to do in childhood, especially, and that's pay attention to the matrix. We live in this matrix that wants very much to program us. It wants us to believe in a certain religion. It wants us to have a certain type of education. It wants us to, to compare ourselves uh, to others in certain ways. And we know that there are positive aspects of that. And there are certainly negative aspects of that. And what we're seeing as humanity becomes more sophisticated, and we are, I know there's plenty of evidence to the contrary out there, but we are becoming more sophisticated beings. As the stream says, in all of this creation of AI, we are chasing the technology that creates us. We're creating the technology that creates us. We're not even chasing it anymore. We're actively creating it. So we are now creating the very technology that creates us in artificial intelligence. And you will start seeing more and more and more things about AI. In fact, all of the talk about AI, that stuff can scare the hell out of you if you let it. Michael and I watched a, a, a movie this weekend. It was about um, this guy created this AI young girl to catch online predators. And it was a really interesting movie. I forget the name of it. I apologize. But um, it was an interesting movie. And, and we started talking about AI after that. We've been talking about this off and on, that we're seeing so much more of it now. And that ultimately AI 
will be able to take over most jobs and tasks that humanity now performs. And of course, the discussion rolled right into, yes, AI will be able to perform. We already have AI-created music. Uh, one of my favorite AI-created music is somebody's taking Kanye West, uh, whom I adore as a rapper. Uh, I don't always like his political views and his spinouts and stuff like that, but his, his music I've always really liked, and I like his voice. And they take his voice and they use artificial intelligence to have him sing country songs that he has never recorded. And some of them sound terrible and some of them sound really good. And now, so you're going to have a future with actors in movies and on television and certainly on social media, uh, commercials, and even in singing and maybe even jokes performed by people that aren't real at all. They're complete digital creations. They're AI, they're artificial intelligence. And we know there's a such there's certainly an existence of robots. So you combine artificial intelligence and robotics, and suddenly you've got factory workers, you've got um, lawn care people, landscapers, you've got soldiers, you've got all sorts of things being done by AI. Michael is a psychologist. He said, I could see psychology being performed by AI in the future. We have a whole generation now of people that are coming of age that are so accustomed to being on screen that they would have no problem signing on and, and having a therapy session with an AI bot. Why not? If it's helpful, if it's offering you guidance, rooted in, in the study of psychology, certainly, and rooted in solutions, that would be the type of solutions that a psychologist would prescribe. Why not? I, I go to my doctor sometimes and I'll say, I've got this going on. And he pulls out the pad and writes a prescription for a drug. Why do we need a physical human doctor to do that? Think about it. So it's easy with the, the matrix-driven fear, fear-based belief system to think about a future of AI and think, gosh, we're all going to be unemployed. We're, we're going to be taken over by this stuff. And even Elon Musk has very recently said that we need to, to pause this, this, the, this massive advancement in AI that's going on right now and study it for six months before it starts getting out of control. Because AI is already moving well beyond what it was programmed to do originally. It's so smart and so connected that it has you, you give it a task and it will figure out how to achieve the goal of that task no matter what. And we've already seen examples of it accomplishing the task, doing things that we might consider that are wrong. Tricking people, we see that happening. We see AI tricking people to bypass that, um, what is it called, CAPTCHA, where you get on a website and it's asking you to, you know, pick three pictures that, that have, pick all the pictures that have a, you know, stoplight in it before you can go. The robot wants to know if you're a robot. And since it's a robot, it wants to, its task is to get into that website and it's tricking human beings into giving it the answers without anyone teaching it to do that. It's just figuring it out because that's how smart it is. So if you want to let your, your imagination move toward fear, yes, you could create a reality where, yeah, this stuff's going to take over the world. This stuff could start a war. This stuff could unleash, you know, robotics that are, are I'm sure there are killing machines in production that could kill people. I'm, there's all kinds of things. And if you allow your fear to run wild in my belief system, ultimately your fear is going to fuel things to be fearful about. 
So your fear is going to turn whatever you're fearing into reality for you and your experience. We all know that humanity is capable of horrific things. We have history that repeats itself of humanity doing horrible things to humanity and the planet and animals and all sorts of stuff. And in all of those stories of, of people being abused and tortured and even their, their lives coming to an end as a result of, of that type of activity, there are always survivors. There are always thrivers. There are always beings that beat the odds of this stuff and don't succumb to that. I believe we're going to move forward that way. That there are a lot of things right now because we are becoming so very intelligent. We're communicating like never before. We're comparing notes. We're wising up. We're understanding what the matrix is. The, the key way to, to understand the matrix without being part of it or drawn back into it is to appreciate it, not to fear it, not to judge it, not to demonize it. Because as soon as we do that, we're part of it. We're back in it. We're contributing to it. So I apply that to everything, including AI, including what's going on politically. You know, I, I live in the United States. I'm 55 years old. So I certainly can remember a time where I was indoctrinated into a belief system that the United States was the greatest nation there was. Uh, certainly in my, my Southern belief system uh, was somewhat indoctrinated in, into uh, the belief system that the United States is the only free country. We have freedom and no one else does. I, I was taught that as a child. I absorbed that. I didn't believe it for very long, but I absorbed it, that we were the only free nation. Everybody else was living under, you know, it was United States and communism. And that was it. I was taught that, you know, not specifically in school, but certainly there were belief systems around me that I absorbed that were very much in alignment with that. But the United States was the best. We were the greatest and that no one could beat us and that we had nothing to fear because we were the strongest and the best and the biggest in the world and that everything was always gonna be okay. Even with this, this threat of the Cold War, which was going on, I went through nuclear drills, you know, get under your desk so the nuclear bomb doesn't hurt you. Which <laughs> is kind of funny if you think about it. Um, I, I, I remember that, but I do remember living at this in this very idyllic time, and I was very young before I was questioning that I was indoctrinated into that idea where I thought the country was just so fantastic. And we're not living in that reality now. The country is very divided. Uh, a lot of people seem to hate the United States now, all over the world and, and in the United States, and uh, hate a lot of aspects of it. And a lot of that division, I think, is driven by outside forces. But we are the ones, that are, as a people, that are allowing ourselves to be party to it. We're giving it power. And maybe the United States isn't ever going to be what it was. Uh, I, I believe the greatest political uh, marketing campaign that I have ever encountered is, is Trump's Make America Great Again. Whether you like Trump or not, you got to admit that's brilliant marketing. Make America Great Again. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to people my age and older that remember when we thought America was just the greatest thing. And they want to go back to that time, whatever that means for them. Now, I know America wasn't always great. Certainly it has its flaws and certainly not everybody had a great experience in this country. Uh, I, I do love living in the United States. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's the only place that I'll necessarily ever live. You know, if it gets really bad here, I have no problem going somewhere else, but I do love the United States. I love that as of right now, I have the freedom to get on air and talk about this. I love to have the freedom to be in a relationship uh, that is gay. I, I love the, the freedoms that I do have. 
And I do see some of that being challenged, a lot of that being challenged right now. And I would rather stay here and give positive energy and love to the United States, knowing that we are going to ultimately move out of this matrix because we're simply becoming too sophisticated for it. That's why we see religion declining. But I have to tell you, I'm going to do a whole other uh, episode on this. I think next week's podcast is going to be about this. I don't hate religion. I don't demonize religion. It, it did something for us. And we're going to get into that next week. And it still does something. But I do see it on the decline. I see mainstream spirituality uh, increasing. More, more and more of you are into to what you would call spiritual beliefs and spiritual teachings, certainly. And we're part of that to a degree. But my brand, this podcast, is definitely practical spirituality. How do we, how do we use these tools to navigate everyday life and make our lives better and, and help us out of the matrix without going into the demonization or fear and judgment of it? Because a lot of people are still in it. All those folks that are polarized, all those folks that are needing to be right and needing other people to be wrong, all those people that are operating in judgment and fear, we see it all around us. They are in the matrix. And the reason they're there, and it seems to be getting worse, is because we are questioning it. And it has lots and lots of mechanisms to draw us back in. Fear is a big one. So if you're addicted to fear, creating a stopgap whenever you feel that trigger of fear coming on. And if you've got triggers in the Taya practice, we work on detuning your triggers. But fear, the, the fear triggers are usually rooted in specific things that you can work on. And you'll learn that as you learn more about Taya. But just the, the trigger itself the moment you feel fear, you can create a stopgap and ask yourself, is this worth me going down my spiral over? Is this fear real or am I just creating it in my mind? What am I really afraid of? Am I afraid of death? Well, I know I'm going to die. We're all going to die. We're all going to exit our physical vehicle and, and, and move to something else. And I do believe we get to believe what that something else is. And we totally get to create that reality for ourselves. I believe we are, we reemerge into source consciousness and that we're eternal beings and that we express ourselves and experience a physical existence infinitely. Perhaps not always human. I would imagine something more in increasing sophistication, but I don't know that there's a threshold that we cross where we never manifest in physical again. I think source loves, and I've always gotten this from the stream, source loves expressing in physical and creating these physical environments, these infinite physical environments. And we, we are all expressions of source in these environments, having the polarized experience, having the positive and negative experience. And the negative experiences are our own creation to propel us into greater sophistication in the moving through the experience itself and the overcoming it and the solving of it. At our very best, we solve our negative experiences and we don't continue to manifest them over and over again. And the ones that we do manifest over and over again, we have not yet completely solved. And so they present themselves again through vibrational flow. So we go down into lower vibration, these things come back. So old fears can return until we've completely detuned them. We have the vibrational dust of past fears or past things that, that we believe harmed us. And until we detune that stuff through authentic appreciation, it still exists for us. So I call that the vibrational basement. It's still in existence in the vibrational basement. And we still are going to re-manifest versions of that or be triggered by versions of that as we move through our vibrational journey. 
So creating that stopgap of, wait a minute, I feel fear. Why am I feeling fear? Is this worth going down my spiral over? I can't tell you of a time where I came to the conclusion that something was worth going down my spiral over. Even my home burning down before my eyes that I'd spent a year remodeling and had it exactly the way that I wanted it. I didn't judge that in the moment. I went right into, well, this is what we're doing now. This is what we're experiencing. I believe that we can we can do enough work to where that becomes our experience on every topic, even the big stuff, even the bad stuff. It's only bad because we've been taught to label it as bad. So I hope this has helped. I hope this has shed some light on your addiction to fear and how you might uh, want to start detuning. And if you're not already on a detuning journey, detuning is, is about taking its power away, taking the power away from something that you don't want to include in your experience anymore because you don't need to. You've learned, you've grown, you've become a more sophisticated version of you. You're starting to parse things out and realize, gosh, so much of my life experience is simply a product of the matrix, simply a product of a belief system that I was taught, that I absorbed from those around me. It's my own unique belief system because it's not exactly like my parents. It's not exactly my religion. It's not exactly like my culture or or where I live geographically. It's an amalgam of all those things. So it's my unique belief system. But if I have a lot of fear and judgment going on, and I know that I'm limiting myself and my creation of my experience because I have so much fear and judgment, then I need to detune it. And then when you start the detuning process is when you start to realize, wow, I'm really addicted to this fear and judgment stuff. But that's good. Admitting you have a problem is the first step, right? (laughs) It's a problem if you don't want it. If you don't want that to be your reality, then yes, for you, it's a problem to be solved. But I promise you, you can't. And I promise you, you have found yourself in the right space to do that. If you've listened this far into this episode, you are in the right place. We are providing the tools for you to detune fear and judgment, to allow more of your natural source being to be realized within you, to be the driver, the key driver of your experience, which delivers guaranteed joy, clarity, and abundance. Those are the three big things. And our soul exists that way eternally. So that's why those are the big three thing. The, the big three things that we want is physically manifested beings. We want to be happy. We want to understand our purpose and our environment. That's clarity. And we want to experience the things that we want to experience. That's abundance. They're all available to us. No matter what the matrix has taught us, all of that stuff can be unraveled, unlearned, and you can replace it with belief, with trust, with source, which is nothing but pure love, pure abundance, absolute well-being for you. Thank you so much for listening. And for those of you that are subscribers to our Patreon, be sure to listen to the expanded version of this podcast. I'm going to go deeper into creating and employing your stopgap so that you can start training yourself and curing and healing your addiction to fear. I hope to see you over there. Thanks again. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.